Good morning, Nashville. My name is Braden Gall, and this is the 440 for Tuesday, March 23rd. Today on the show, we got a bunch of stuff from the NCAA tournament, some elite pitching performances, a surprise upset for a local team, and more. But we begin with a PhD in Tennessee Titans free agency from Mike Herndon, of course, from the Football and Other Efforts podcast and Broadway Sports Media. The 440 is brought to you by the Kingston Group, Nashville's locally owned, award-winning custom home and remodeling firm. Look, I am not here to convince you that you need to go out and spend a lot of money to remodel your house or build a new garage or buy a custom home. That's not my job here. That is up to you and your family making the best decision for you. What I'm here to tell you about and what I'm here to do is that when you and your family do decide to invest in your home in a big way, that the Kingston Group is the right place to do it, are the right people to work with. These are not some random independent contractors. The Kingston Group has an in-house design team to see your project from start to finish, soup to nuts, and hold your hand every step of the way so that nothing surprises you. Again, I'm not telling you you need to go out and remodel your house. I'm telling you that when you do decide to do that, the Kingston Group is the place to go. Check out their work, buildkg.com. That's buildkg.com. So most of the dust has settled on NFL free agency, and the Titans have made most of their moves. There's still some stuff probably still to come, and of course the NFL draft is right around the corner. But I wanted to give everybody a thorough breakdown of everything that's taken place so far with the Tennessee Titans. So we had Mike Herndon of the Football and Other Efforts podcast from Broadway Sports Media on to break down the tight end and wide receiver position and changes they've made there, as well as the offensive line, concerns in the secondary, and of course the big spending along the defensive front. They're obviously better right now than they were last season. I think he's done a good job of adding talent. Now, you can argue about the value with Bud Dupree. I think you pay him what you have to pay him by the market to get your guy. And if that's a guy that they really wanted, at the end of the day, you know, it's it's either going to work out or it's not, right? Like, I mean, if Bud Dupree ends up being the guy that they're paying him to be, then nobody's going to look back and say, well, gosh, I wish you would have gotten somebody else for to save that $2 million, right? I mean, it, that's the bet at the end of the day is, is go get the guy that you believe in. So I know they believe him, believe in him. I like the attitude that he brings uh, to the front seven, but I think swinging around to Danico Autry from a value standpoint, that's a home run value, right? That, that value right there is unbelievable value for a guy that has 20 sacks from largely from an interior position over the past three years. You know, he's a guy you can line up in different spots. He can line up at the three technique. He can line up at the five technique, which is where I think he'll probably be in the base defense. And you can put him out at, at edge too. So he can rush from all those spots. Uh, he can play run defense. Fantastic add there from a value standpoint. And I think both those guys together certainly brings a toughness. This sounds really simple and, and it's going to sound so simple as it kind of sounds dumb just to beat blocks. Like at the end of the day, football is about winning your one-on-one -on -one battles and the Titans didn't have enough guys that could do that last year. And now they've got two more that can, that's how you rebuild a defense. You get these guys that can win one-on-one -on -one battles and, and go beat the guy across from them. And that's what the Titans have in, in Dupree and Autry. So how concerned are you now about the secondary? It's going to look very, very different after a lot of cuts, a couple of free agent acquisitions, maybe a high draft pick. So how concerned are you about the secondary? And where does John Robinson now focus his, his resources on the defensive side of the ball? Corner is certainly the spot that stands out to me. You know, they probably still need another edge rusher. It doesn't really matter to me whether they go get one of these veterans that's still sitting around out there, like a Ryan Kerrigan, uh, a Justin Houston. There's still some names out there that if you could get them cheap enough would be really interesting as kind of a rotational guy to throw in the mix with Dupree and, and Landry and, and that group. But 
corners the big the big need I think is Janoris Jenkins I really like that signing I think he's you know he's 32 years old but he's still playing at a high level and and from a foot speed standpoint from a burst standpoint it's all still there like I mean he he may have lost a step off of what he used to be but he hadn't lost much and he certainly hasn't lost enough to where he can't still be effective I think that replaces one of your starting spots they obviously believe a lot in Christian Fulton, and I think he is almost the key piece in this defense because he's the guy that we know the least about that's going to be put in a huge spot for them because I think he's going to be the, one of their starting corners playing outside. I think he'll be better outside than he was in the slot last year. I think he's kind of the key point in this this rebuild on the defense is if you get from Fulton what a lot of people expected him to be when he came out last year and a lot of people had him at a, as a first round pick if you get that kind of performance out of him all of a sudden I think this defense looks a lot different uh, than it might on paper right now but I still think you got to go get another guy like Kevin Johnson does nothing for me to you know personally <laughs> and I know they're bringing him in to kind of compete at the slot position or whatever but I hope you can draft over him uh, in the first few rounds offensively obviously we we know about the departures davis smith kelly they've signed josh reynolds they signed you know swaim and 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 ferks are back they went out and got kendall lamb it seems like they went and got some value pieces and you know how much more work does john robinson need to do or do you think that some of the pieces he found already are, are going to be playing a lot of snaps I definitely think some of the pieces are going to be playing a lot of snaps. I think it's going to be, a, you know, I think right tackle most likely is going to be a set lamb versus Sambrello camp competition. We saw Sambrello play reasonably well for them last year at left tackle kind of filling in. I think he's more naturally a right tackle. And I think, also importantly, with Lawan back on the other side, the Titans can afford to help their right tackle quite a bit. So it makes some sense to save some money there. I, I can kind of get that, although they didn't save a ton of money by cutting Dennis Kelly. So they must like Lamb quite a bit. I, you know, at wide receiver and tight end, Corey Davis was really, really good last year. But if you go back to 2019, he wasn't producing at a high-end level and the Titans offense still was. So I think they're looking at that and saying, okay, we don't necessarily have to have a star across from A.J. Brown. It would be nice to, but we don't necessarily have to have one to produce. So I think they're going and spending that, you know, just a little bit of money on Josh Reynolds to get kind of a baseline floor in there. And, and I think he's going to be fine as, as a complimentary role-playing piece. But I still think you've got to go get a draft pick in the first couple rounds at, at this position. This receiver class is, again, loaded for like the third straight year. Your chances of getting an immediate producer at the wide receiver spot in the first couple rounds of the draft is really, really high. Tight end, I'm far less convinced that they're going to find someone else. So I think it may be a swaim Ferkser combination, you know, maybe and you know, frankly, there's nothing left at the tight end position that's of any interest at this point. So I think, I think wide receivers got to be addressed though. That's the big thing that, that to me, Reynolds is nice. You got to go get more though. That was your Titans free agency crash course for the last week and a half or so of action. A lot of new pieces on defense, definitely going to see some new faces on offense as well. So we shall see if all of these moves and all these changes by John Robinson will work. Next step, of course, in the offseason process, the NFL Draft. And then there were two. Alabama and Arkansas are the only two SEC teams remaining in the NCAA tournament following the first weekend. LSU gave it a valiant effort against Michigan. Alabama dominated Maryland, and Arkansas squeaked past Texas Tech, as we talked about already. That leaves the best two teams in the SEC in the regular season still surviving in the Sweet 16. Arkansas, of course, will play Oral Roberts on Saturday. Alabama will play the 11th-seeded UCLA on Sunday. 
It also marks the 8th and ninth different SEC team to make a Sweet 16 appearance in the last four NCAA tournaments. This is because a concerted and direct effort from the league to improve basketball about a decade ago has been delivering results in a big way over the last few seasons. Florida, South Carolina, Texas A&M, LSU, Tennessee, Kentucky, Auburn, Arkansas, and Alabama have all made it to the Sweet 16 in the last four seasons. It's not as good as the Pac-12 this year, but it's way better than the Big Ten, that's for sure. The Preds are back on the ice and back at home on Tuesday night against the Red Wings. Puck drop is at 7 p.m. They are playing the best hockey of their season and are entering a stretch of games in which they could actually start collecting some points against quote-unquote bad teams. They're sort of one of them too. And if that happens, the fourth playoff spot isn't entirely out of reach. Only Chicago and Columbus sit ahead of them in the point standings to get into the playoffs, and frankly, they've beaten both of those teams. Having said all of that, this does still seem like a long, long shot for the Preds. Make sure you check out the Gold Standard Podcast from the 440 Sports Network out every single Wednesday, hosted by myself in the Athletics' Adam Bingen. Vanderbilt's Jack Leiter threw a 16-strikeout no-hitter over the weekend as Vanderbilt Baseball won their fifth straight weekend series over a ranked South Carolina team. It was the first regular season no-hitter for Vanderbilt since 1971, and it made the Doors the number one team in the nation, according to D1 Baseball, on Monday morning. Leiter and fellow ace Kumar Rocker are battling to be the top pick in the MLB June draft this summer, both of whom were excellent this weekend. Rocker, of course, threw a no-hitter of his own back in the 2019 Super Regional, if you're keeping score at home. The Memphis Grizzlies just finished up a four-game homestand, and boy, did they need it. The Grizz beat Miami last Wednesday, split a weekend double dip with Golden State, and beat Boston on Monday night. After falling a few games under 500 and further away from a playoff spot, Memphis rebounded with three wins in four games, and they now sit at 20-20 and on the season. Memphis now heads out on a brutal four-game road swing to Oklahoma City, Utah twice, and Houston. The NBA trade deadline is this Thursday, March 25th, and the Grizz find themselves in no man's land. Out of the playoffs, but close enough to maybe go for it. This is a big week for Grind City Hoops. In women's basketball, the three-seeded Tennessee Lady Vols roasted Middle Tennessee in the first round of the NCAA tournament on Sunday and will now get a crack at the Sweet 16. The Lady Vols will face six-seeded Michigan at 4 p.m. Central Time on Tuesday. It would be the Proud Program's first trip to the Sweet 16 since 2016 and would be a big win for second-year head coach Kelly Harper. And, of course, the 12th-seeded Belmont women pulled off a huge upset over 5th-seeded Gonzaga on Monday afternoon to advance to the second round of the NCAA tournament. Congrats to the Bruins on their first-ever NCAA tournament win in school history. Eat your heart out, Casey Alexander. Too soon? Thank you guys all for listening. Of course, my name is Braden Gall. You can follow me on Twitter at Braden Gall. The 440 is brought to you every single morning by my wonderful friends, the Kingston Group, award-winning, locally-owned, Nashville-based, custom home and remodeling firm, all about alignment. I've told you a million times, you know the spiel. Let their work do the talking. BuildKG.com is the website. You've heard that one before. My family uses the Kingston Group. That's why you should use the Kingston Group. You've heard that one before. You've heard it all. Just check them out. It's a smart, savvy business decision for your family, for your home. It's an investment in not only your home, but also your happiness. Check them out. The Kingston Group. BuildKG.com. That's BuildKG.com. The 440 is a production of 440 Media. Written and produced by Braden Gall. Music by William Tyler.